with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod, the Tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, Tetrarch of the region of Eterea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was Tetrarch of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. During this second Sunday of Advent, we focus our attention on this figure of John the Baptist. Which begs the question, why did we need John the Baptist? Like, why was John the Baptist necessary? Jesus is the Son of God who came into the world in order to forgive our sins. And yet, before our Lord enters into the world in his public ministry, the word of God comes to John in the wilderness and he goes around proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In Luke's gospel, he's linked to this prophecy in Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill made low. The winding roads made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. And those words are connected to this figure of John. And we might think, and I probably have thought in my own Christian journey, the purpose of John the Baptist was simply to like baptize Jesus so that he could start the sacrament of baptism. But I think there's really something more to his ministry. Because he had been preaching for quite some time and calling people to conversion. And many, many people were coming to John in the desert and at the Jordan River, and they were confessing their sin to him. 
in a very public way. They were confessing their sin, being baptized as a sign of the fact that they were a sinner and they wanted to change their lives. They wanted to remove this sin from their life. And then when we read the gospel narrative, they come to John, they confess their sin, they repent, and then Jesus enters into the gospel narrative and he starts healing people. And as he heals people, they become his disciples. So there's this sort of model for conversion there that John comes and he proclaims the truth. People repent, they stop sinning, their wounds sort of come to the surface, and then Jesus comes and heals them. And the Lord has put on my own heart how important this figure of John the Baptist is. Because so many of us tend to skip over that part, to skip over the part of the call to conversion, I'm going to stop sinning, my wounds come, and now I need healing. And although we have received the sacraments of the church or maybe been educated in Catholic schools and we come to Mass every Sunday, there still seem to be these mountains in our way, these obstacles in our way. The prophecy of Isaiah is actually speaking about physical obstacles. It's, it's speaking about this mountains and valleys and winding roads that are between Babylon, where the people were exiled, and Israel. Because in order to return to Israel, they had to go through all of these obstacles. And so the prophecy is saying those obstacles will be removed and the way will be straight. But in our own spiritual life, we can find ourselves in a place where we feel distant from the Lord or we feel lonely. We feel isolated from God. We can feel like we pray and our Lord just kind of doesn't answer our prayers. We can be in a position where we're enslaved to sin. And no matter how many times we have said to ourselves, I'm never going to commit this sin again, we find ourselves back in it two weeks later, a month later, two months later. And that sin becomes a mountain between us and this union with Christ, or this life of joy that our Lord has promised us. And so the second Sunday of Advent is a reminder that we have to be committed to removing those obstacles from our lives. That there was a preparatory period before Christ entered into the world and all of us in our own stories have to go through that same preparatory period in order to receive healing. One of the ways that 
this has become very clear has been through the Unbound Deliverance Ministry that we've started in the diocese where people come every week and there's a video series and there's a lot of inventories people do. And the inventories are really just a reflection on our baptismal promises. You know, like, what are all the sins that I've committed in my life that I need to repent of? Now I'm going to make a list of all of the ways that people have hurt me, all the resentments that I hold. Things like when I was abused or neglected or abandoned. The loss of a great love in my life. And then a sort of inventory of all the lies that we tell ourselves. I'll never get over this. I'll never be good enough. I'll never be worthy of God's love. God made a mistake when he made me. All of those things are lies. All of those things are lies. And then in a very kind of external way, through a process of prayer, people are able to give voice to all of those things, all of those obstacles, all of those mountains in their lives. And a prayer team sort of speaks God's blessing into their life. And I've seen people come out of that and say things like, I never felt forgiven before when I went to confession until I went through this program. There was something more complete about it. In many ways, that program is the ministry of John the Baptist. It's not sacramental confession. It's a Christian community that is there to support and to have an experience of being loved. To have an experience of mercy. And the fruitfulness of that ministry is that, you know, a lot of times we run Bible studies or something like that. We have a Bible study and people say, yeah, that was a pretty good Bible study. How many people did you tell about that? Uh, like one, maybe two. When people go through Unbound, when they finish, they're like, I ask, how many people did you tell about that? They say, oh, like 10, 15. And there's like 50 people show up every time. It's a gift that our Lord has given to the church in order to bring about true renewal. Especially for those of us who have been in the church for a very long time and yet still feel these obstacles in our way. Today we're really called to once again focus our attention on removing those obstacles from our lives. And when we remove them, we become more disposed to the healing that our Lord wants to give to us. Another ministry where I've seen this happen very profoundly is this ministry that I've started for men who struggle with impurity. And I've seen how when they come in to see me or another priest and they start going to a men's group for mutual support and accountability. They're able to remove that mountain from their life 
But then what happens is I, there's this realization, wow, there's a lot of stuff that needs healing here. Anytime we do anything to kind of zone out or escape from our life, we're running away from some woundedness. And our Lord wants so much to heal that woundedness. And when that healing takes place, boom, the light's gone. People fall in love with our Lord. People's eyes are opened. They see the beauty in the world for the first time. They might see the beauty in their wife's face for the first time. Couples start to live without secrets for the first time. It's amazing what our Lord does when we first remove those mountains and we make a commitment to remove those mountains and we follow the example of John the Baptist in his preaching in the gospel and his role in preparing the way for the Lord to enter into the world and transform it so that the world truly becomes a place where we encounter joy. And this Advent season particularly, we're focused on the Year of Mercy, which starts on Tuesday. And this Year of Mercy is a call for all of us to once again experience God's mercy in our lives. To place ourselves in the position of a sinner who really cannot live like we're living anymore. We need God's healing and grace and love and mercy in our life to transform it. Because we don't want to live like a dead person anymore. And how many obstacles are there to remove from our lives during this year of mercy? We all have ways that we avoid our woundedness. We avoid the pain in our life. People with addictions know this better than anyone else. But so do Netflix bingers know this better than anyone else. I really found it interesting Black Friday, there was all these like emails I got that said, like, binge sale on Netflix. So they're basically encouraging people to watch seasons of television at a time. I think the ad should have said, is your family totally stressing you out? Escape with Netflix. So many of us do that. And we're being called to remove those obstacles from our life so that our Lord has a chance to heal our hearts. And this year of mercy is a special jubilee year that our Holy Father has called, and our Lord will give the graces necessary to heal all of us, to open up this path, to make straight the path that allows us to see his face. And so whether we're caught up in some habitual sin or we're enslaved to sin, whether we're distracted by the world around us, many people are consumed with watching the news and worry and anxiety, especially after the terrorist attacks in California last week. And we need to hold those people in our prayers and continue to pray that God will protect his people 
But if we find ourselves in the midst of a lot of worry and anxiety and fear, the only place to go is deeper into the heart of Jesus. Because he is the only source of peace. He's the only source of security. He's the only source of healing for our lives and for our hearts. The entire church is being called to a time of conversion, of fervent conversion. So that all of us will feel motivated to go and tell 10 or 15 people about the fact that we just received the living God into our bodies this Sunday. About the joy that we find in our Lord, the peace that we found in our Lord. We all have a role to play in fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy that all flesh will see the salvation of God, but that begins with our own conversion. And so today, let us pray for the strength and the courage to confront whatever mountains exist in our own lives, to remove them during this year of mercy, seeking whatever help necessary, so that our Lord has a chance to heal our hearts, to transform our lives, and allow us to be living images of the light of Christ that shines in the darkness of our culture.